Hello and welcome. You are listening to Gay with God, a safe place for us to share our stories and support one another. How long did we know? What challenges did we face? Did we lose our faith? When did we find our way back home? Are we still searching? The stories you hear in this podcast will melt your heart and can strengthen your belief that in God, all things are possible. And you can be authentically gay with God. I am your host, Midge Noble, and I am very honored that you are here. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Gay With God podcast. I'm so excited that you're back again for another episode, and I appreciate all the love y'all are sharing me. I I really appreciate the emails and the connections on Facebook. I got several new folks at the Gay With God Facebook group, and I'm just so delighted that you guys are finding this relevant and that so many of you are reaching out. I really, really appreciate it. So today we have another great guest. I want to introduce you to Sharon Langfeld is a photographer, retired UMC minister, and an activist in the LGBTQ2S plus community in Colorado. After getting in on the ground floor of the early days of high tech, Sharon spent several decades working as an engineer and technical manager for a variety of companies, such as Digital Equipment, Sun Microsystems, and IBM. After that robust and fun run, Sharon retired to follow her lifelong dream of attending the Illif School of Theology, graduating in 2015 with a Master of Divinity. Sharon became an ordained minister in the United Methodist Church in 2018, proving that homosexuality is indeed compatible with Christian teaching. Since ordination, Sharon has had several churches has served several churches in the Mountain Sky Conference, including Rollins Cooperative Parish in Wyoming and Christ Church United Methodist in Denver. According to her wife, Reverend Gina Harvey, Sharon is failing retirement, (laughs) filling pulpits as a guest preacher across the front range of Colorado and into Wyoming. Sharon also serves as a part-time pastor for Mayflower Congregational UCC Church in Inglewood. When not failing at retirement, Sharon has managed to reconnect with her love of photography and will part of an upcoming show in Durango, Colorado. Sharon is also working on a project entitled Queering the Call, interviewing and (laughs) photographing and photographing. Yeah, that. (laughs) I've done this all day. Uh, Queer LGBT faith leaders. Sharon and Gina have two adult children, Jimmy and Jonah, two dogs and two cats. Sharon, (laughs) welcome to the Gay With God house. Thank you. I, I find that so funny that in your bio, you talk about all of this digital equipment and, and technical and our brains could not be any more different. I'm like, wow, that's really heady stuff. And I'm so super proud of you for, for doing all of that. Well, I don't know. Everything, everybody has their strengths. I that's think. right. That's right. That's right. And I'm glad you have yours. <laughs> so Sharon, I really appreciate you being here today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And tell us your story. Well, let's see. I don't, I think, you know, I, I, uh, I'm 67. And so, uh, my story, I came out in, I laugh now because it was the, the classic, um, <laughs> lesbian tale in those days I was a PE major I was an athlete as a youngster and you know active outside and in Girl Scouts and outdoors and 
fall, fell in love with my PE teacher in ninth grade, you know, all the things. And then went off to college and, um, you know, majored in PE, met all my, had, had, I had to look around at some point and go, you know what, all but about two of my friends are lesbians <laughs> and are gay is what we said in those days. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, and then I, um, uh, I fell in love and said, Oh, this is what it's supposed to feel like. And, and I came out. And so it's just, it's been so long ago that it feels funny now to tell my coming out story. So uh-huh. I, uh, I was living in a, in a, on the Western slope of Colorado at the time. And, uh, or I moved to the Western slope of Colorado to, to teach school lasted, um, a year at that before being asked to resign. And that's probably a story for another time, but, Ooh. um, at 22, when you think you know everything, you know, or 20, uh-huh. 22, 23 years old. So then I was living over in the Western Slope and I kind of fell into uh, uh, computers. It was the, the time that you could do that. I had um, studied a lot of math. I grew up in Boulder, Colorado, the home of IBM. And we were lucky enough in my school, in my junior high and high school to have some of the early uh, dial in connections into mm-hmm. IBM. And so that was uh, a gift to me, but ultimately I, uh, the, I went to work for a company and they paid for me to go to school. Long story short, I ended up, you know, a long, a long, probably storied career. If, if some of my colleagues were to speak of it in uh, high tech, got to travel over the world, just had a great time doing that. Mm. Uh, spent some time in um, working in the middle East which was my first exposure to an emer- a company, a country with an emerging economy. Mm. And so I came back substantially changed from that. And I knew that I had, there was more to be done. I needed to mm-hmm. be doing more than making donations and, you know, being a volunteer. So I, you know, I, I started looking into school, but I was just so um, addicted to the the fun of my job and also the the amount of money yeah. that I was making you yeah. know that I was making a very comfortable living and I got to as I said I got to work all over the world it was a wonderful thing but ultimately I um felt the call got too strong I got in the way and um or or gave me a little push uh I talked to my I don't know how much you want to know of this but I all talked you to want my, to tell me all of it I was, <laughs> I was attend- I was living in a little small town in the mountains, um, working from my living room. It was like the best life ever. And my commute was down the stairs, you know. And mm-hmm. um and but I when I felt this, I was like, oh so I talked to my then minister. I was a United Methodist. I was born and raised. My parents were United Methodists, my grandparents were Methodists. <laughs> and so when I sat down and talked with the, the pastor of that church and he was just about a year away from retirement. And so he said, yeah, I can, you know, I, I will totally support you, but you'll have to hide. You'll have to do the don't ask, don't tell thing. And for me, that was like, that's not even possible. First of all, have you met me, right? How <laughs> this is like not very many people that wouldn't quickly figure out what's going on. But, um, you know, I just, I told him, how could you, pastor be a minister if you can't be your authentic self right and so he said well 
you know, you could, you could do it. I'm just telling you the, you know, how it'll have to be. And so I thought, uh, so I stalled a little while. I, I lost a partner in that time. And, you know, there were just a lot of things going on. Ultimately, their new pastor came to that church. She'd only been there three or four months. And I sat down with her and I said, so now I'm going to be your problem. So, um, and she, this wonderful woman just starting the ministry, another second career, third career pastor, she said, wow, that's great. I think you are probably just the person to do this, to walk this. Let me walk this path with you. Wow. And we're still friends, fast friends to this day. And so, you know, she did. I started, I went to, uh, I used to drive by the Isle of School of, of Theology when I lived in Denver and, and look, and I would just, God, I want I want that's what I want to study in. So I had a great time. The three years I was at ILF, I commuted between Westcliff and, and Denver because I was still working full time. And um, so it wasn't the robust experience that a lot of people had that were able to be on campus a lot, but it was, it was a wonderful thing. And I have, uh, that's where I met my wife. We met the first day mm-hmm. of, of uh, seminary uh, when she asked me out and I was like, and, you know, she, she doesn't, she doesn't have the quintessential gay look like I do. And, <laughs> and so I'm like, why are you asking me out? Well, turns out here she is. But so I hear about that all the time. But anyway, I um, went through, um, went through seminary, did all the process to become ordained the whole time waiting to be stopped in the process mm-hmm. uh, because of the silliness of the United Methodist Church. And mm-hmm. um, then we had a new bishop. Um, come to our area, Karen Oluido, and um, I was appointed to, well, I was appointed before she got here, but to a church in, in Rollins, Wyoming, at a cooperative parish, and I served there for three years and um, got to move, had the opportunity to move to Denver so Gene and I could actually live together, and um, anyway, so wow. then I served uh, Christ Church United Methodist, which is a very welcoming, very open um long years and years long history of uh civil rights work and you know the work in uh, for equality for all people equity for all people welcoming all people and I, that was also a gift of a place to serve for mm-hmm. a few years and then i during the in the middle of covid gina looked at me and she goes why don't you retire <laughs> because i was like <laughs> I don't, you know, COVID was an interesting time to, uh-huh. to be in ministry. And uh-huh. um, so it felt like the right answer. So I retired a year ago or last June at the end of last June. And um, since then, I've been, as I said, in my, as it was said in my bio, I'm not being, Gina says, I'm failing retirement. <laughs> I, it, it is, it's wonderful to have this opportunity to say, yeah, I will help you. You need a day off. Let me fill in for you. And it's yeah. a wonderful opportunity. And I also volunteer at the uh, Gay and Lesbian Center here in Denver. Um, so I, I keep I keep busy. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. and and I think that as long as we're above ground and still breathing, if you're called to ministry, you yeah. don't just retire from from a calling. I mean, people do, of course, and there's a time and a place for that. But forever, um, you know, you're you're still connected to that calling in some way. So I totally get it. Um, yes. And I'm glad that you you can you know get back into your photography and and do the things. And I love this, the idea of that book. That just sounds really fascinating. Yeah, I'm just getting started on it and I'm very excited. I have a couple mm-hmm. of 
um, shoots and interviews, uh, photo shoots and interviews in the next few weeks. So that's going to be nice. Nice. So, so with being in the United Methodist Church, and you can talk about this, or you don't have to talk about this, but I'm interested in when I read that, I thought, oh, wow, you know, how, how did she get in? (laughs) And how is she staying? (laughs) So, you know, I'm just so distressed because we have a local uh, Methodist, well, we have two Methodist churches in my community. And um, one has a very affirming, amazing pastor. Uh, she also has a gay daughter, but I think that's just her genre anyway. I don't, I, I think she would have been affirming anyway. Um, the other one is the very strict, <laughs> but even in, in her church where she is very affirming and there are so many people that need her and love her in the gay community and, and go there because of her. Um, their church is about to split. I mean, it is, it's an yeah. old, old church. Um, both churches probably are, but, um, and there's a lot of older, older people who are not going to go along with it. And so it really worries me what's going to happen, one, to the gay community. Now I can bring them all over to the Episcopal <laughs> church because we got it going on over there. But, you know, when you're raised Lutheran and you are a Methodist and you are Methodist, you know, that's, that's who you feel you are. So help me to understand how you, you made it through that and, and how that affected yeah. you. Um, yeah, that was, it was, I won't lie that it was challenging. There were there. I, I started and I, again, I was living in a small town, rural Colorado mm-hmm. is nothing like Boulder and Denver, Mm-mm. Boulder, Denver, Aspen can carry the state and a lot of our voting things, but Um, I was one of, you know, maybe 20 Democrats in the whole county Um, and in a small county, probably five thousand, five, six thousand people. But and so a small church Mm -hmm. and I got to know the people there and they were thrilled that I felt a calling to ministry. The most of the people, even the older people. That being said, um, when I started the process, I talked to the district superintendent for our area about it. And he said, well, you know, you might want to look for another denomination. Mm. And I was crushed. I'm sitting here going, Hey, (laughs) you know, I'm a multi-generational cradle Methodist and you're telling me this. And, um, but the, our Bishop at that time, she wasn't as vocal, but she was very supportive. And, uh, I just, I had, I, I don't know that the, the committee I had was totally loaded, but um, I certainly had very loving and um, positive influences that were on my approval committee, mm-hmm. my intern- my ministry committee. Um, so, but every time I would have to go to before a board or before whatever, it would be this, you know, this clenching feeling that is this the time they're going to say, no sorry uh-huh. you know because it was a conservative area and and every time I came out going huh you know <laughs> okay you know so God and really I, meant it he really wanted this <laughs> and some of it was I as as my friend um and and now very good friend and pastor at that point said to me she said you know see the reason I was a perfect person is because I could basically say okay, here, I'm going to plow through this. And at any time, if they boot me out, 
you know, it's not, it's not my only livelihood. It's uh-huh. only, it's not, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't not be destitute. I would be heartbroken, of course. Yeah. Um, and then of course, when, you know, Bishop Karen came here, Bishop, Bishop Karen Olavito, um, that's the interview you need, boy. I tell you, she's had a rough go, you know, death threats and, oh. you know, all the things, but, um, you know, as I was going through the ordination process, I was serving a small, smallish in a smallish town in, in Wyoming. <laughs> and um, I just tend to just be who I am. At, at one point, I had a group of three young people came to me and said, we would like to um, connect with other LGBTQ people around here. And I said, great, how can I support you? I said, do you all want to meet here? Which, and they're like, oh no, <laughs> we do not feel safe walking into your church. Ooh. And it broke my heart. Oh. It just broke my heart. And I looked around my church and I thought they would be welcome here. Mm-hmm. You know, they would be welcome here. But it would be, you know, I get what they're saying because mm-hmm. the town in general, I got called, you know, frequently got, got called a F and Dyke at Walmart and places like that, you know. Where you just kind of go, wow, did you lay awake thinking of that? I mean, that was a good yeah. one. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, you just have to learn to let what things wash over you. Mm-hmm. But um, I um, invite, I encourage those kids, young people to uh, meet anyway. And so we met at the Pizza Hut and I, I show up thinking it's going to be, you know, six or eight kids. We had 20 people. Wow. Yeah. And um, they, it's still going. That group is still going. But then the newspaper got word of it. And um, at least I had a heads up from the reporter that they were going to, there was going to be a newspaper article. So I called my district superintendent. I said, so this is happening. And he said, yeah, we got your back. No, don't worry about it. Wow. Wonderful. But the key was for me, there was one person that tried to make waves and the three matriarchs in the church, we all sat down over a meal, of course, because we're Methodists. And <laughs> um, and he started, you know, making his, trying to make waves and create problems. And these two of them especially sat up and said, we're not going to do that. We are not going to do that in our church. And I sat there going, yeah, how about that? You know, mm-hmm. and they were most, both of them, I think, were, one was in their 70s, one was in their 80s. And they just said, no, that's not the kind of church we are. We are not going to do that. So you just be quiet. Uh, <laughs> and he just totally backed down with, ooh, you know, you just slunk off. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, so they, and I won't say it's all roses up there for the young people. It's hard uh-huh. in, um, in most towns in Wyoming. Um, the kids, I call them kids, they were 20, you know, 19 20 years old you know but Uh so that um yeah it's a it's a just a different world it's just Uh and i think that you know i i have a kind of a positive attitude about the church splitting because it's happened before the church split over civil rights the church Uh split over women Uh in ministry i mean it's okay Uh right it's sometimes you have to you have to have a have a, a painful experience to move into you know to learn new things and to be willing to say 
okay, well, we lived through that. Let's, what are we going to do now? You know, kind of thing. And, uh-huh. um, so I'm, I'm not, I mean, it breaks my heart and it's so stupid uh-huh. and painful. And I have friends that have been so badly hurt and are bitter about the church and won't, you know, won't even come into a church anymore, which is right. sad. Uh-huh. Or, or they go to a, <clears throat> some of the, the um, church plants around here have really welcomed uh, the LGBTQ community. When I was at Christchurch, we had a large community there. Uh-huh. And yet, you know, if, if we split, you know, right now it's all about money. So mm. do people get to take their churches with them? They get to take their buildings. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be funny to watch them try to find pastors. Uh-huh. You know, you are going to get very many young pastors that want to serve in churches that aren't welcoming. So, right. Right. You know. Yeah. That's, the, that's the thing is it's like the most, um, I, I'm trying to search for the word, but it's like, this is supposed to be God's grace and love and a movement of community. And you're saying that, you know, we are part of the Jesus movement, so to speak, but yet Jesus would never (laughs) have ostracized anybody, Mm -hmm. anybody. So it's very interesting. And I, and I too, you know, I, even my wife would never, Uh, Well, she has said never, but I know what happens after those words. So, but she would, she's just not willing to go into a building and sit down with people who have condemned her, her whole life. And, and even though I know that, that I'm part of the Episcopal church here and, and that the parish that I'm a part of, I'm not naive to think that every single person in that old Episcopal church uh, believes in, in me and my right to be there or or my Mm -hmm. life, but of the people and the, the priest himself, I mean, it is open and affirming and, and the Episcopal church has come a long way to, to make things right and to, to welcome us. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, but that for a lot of people, that pain, and it was for me too. I mean, I've just been there for a couple of years and I was gone for a long time. So I get it. I get where I've been and where I've come from. And I know that people are still there. And that's why I love this podcast (laughs) is because those of us who have been through that and been wounded and hurt, and yet look, you know, I'm speaking to, you know, a gay minister, I'm speaking, you know, I've, I've come through it. And I just love the fact that this can get out there and, and bring the light back to people if they choose Mm -hmm. to find it. Yeah. And it's fascinating. My, my wife is UCC and uh, she, from, from when we first started being friends, even at a seminar, she's like, why don't you just come over to the UCC? And I, and I kept asking myself, why don't I do that? Mm-hmm. And some of it is just my nature that I think, you know, kind of, if not me, who, if I'm not going to mm-hmm. be the, you know, if I'm not going to be willing to step out and try to break through the barriers and mm-hmm. create change, who's going to mm-hmm. do it? You know, who yeah. can I ask if I'm not willing to do it. So yeah, that's where I kind of went through. And, and I, I'm just stubborn enough to, you know, get through and say, watch me, you know? (laughs) Well, that's the right attitude to have, in my opinion, because you're right of, you know, who would have done it if Rosa Parks hadn't done it, who would have done it if Martin Luther King hadn't done it. And yeah, somebody probably would have, but would they, would they have done it 
yet. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> it takes yeah. a person that's in it right then to, you know, we can't mm-hmm. wait because bad things can happen. Um, yeah. And I'm glad that, that you're uh, the word. <laughs> So the UCC church, I got a falter there for a minute because I think it is a wonderful church and I tried to go to one, uh, but unfortunately I'm in you know, Ashboro, North Carolina. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and it didn't turn out to be the great thing that apparently they have one in Greensboro. That's awesome. Um, uh, yeah. It didn't work out so well. The, the minister had told me that I could come and I would never hear a go to hell sermon from him, but don't tell any of the people in the church because they just yeah, wouldn't right. be able to. <laughs> so I got to go, <laughs> but then it got really weird with him too. So, um, so then I left and I was like, okay, I'm done. You know, I've tried and I've tried and I've tried and I just, mm-hmm. I was so done. So it's been a nice journey. I tell people that that's why I named this gay with God, because for the longest time, I couldn't say the word God without yeah. getting a visceral feeling of not only yeah. the abomination thing, but just that I would be going to hell. And right. so I was just, you know, using all sorts of creative words, creator of all that is and yes. anything else I can think of. <laughs> yes, I get that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh-huh. And I, I think that all I mean, UCC is congregational, right? So it's, mm-hmm. a, it's you know, the United Methodists are connectional. So theoret- theoretically, you know, it's an appointive system. But I, you know, I have a, um, a, an Episcopal priest friend who is a Black woman, and she has struggled out in this part of the world to find an appointment or a, oh. a call. Wow. I guess it's a call. And so, you know, it's that kind of, because we have appointments um, in the Methodist church, it's like, the people were like amazed when I was appointed to this church in Wyoming because they're like, you, you know, you're they're going to kill you there. <laughs> I'm like, eh, we'll see. You yeah, know? yeah. You know, and you and, never got any pushback from the community or death well, threats. You know, or... I mean, there, like I said, there were people that were not mm-hmm. kind, but I had mm-hmm. enough support. I became, I got to be friends with. I did a lot of uh, community funerals of people that didn't mm-hmm. have churches for whatever mm-hmm. reason, mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and um, yeah, so I, I got to, it was interesting because it was um, the Episcopal priest was, was a woman and they had split over the gay thing because that's another long, not my story to tell, but, mm-hmm. um, and, but the rest of the pastors in this town with a, a lot of churches were all men. Mm. And so it was, it was fun to watch their reactions. Um, we had a, we had a, um, a chaplaincy, a community chaplaincy that, cause the, the town is right on I-80 and when the, when the snow blows and people get stuck there, you know, there's, mm-hmm. there's always people stuck along major highways that don't, their car broke down. Now they don't have the money, you know, they need a hotel. We, we just took care of, of travelers a lot. Mm. So, um, and, and that was a community for me, but my biggest problem is that there weren't peers. Mm. I didn't have a peer group that I could go. So this happened. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's when I was, I was glad it was this era where you can get on the phone. You can, you can do FaceTime or, or this was much before Zoom was so popular, but you know, you can do things to connect with people mm-hmm. and have, find that support, find somebody that you can say, you know, th- so this happened and I'm really not really sure 
you know, what, what's my next step here? You know, could mm-hmm. you, could we, could we practice, could we talk through this so I can, you know, practice um, what yeah. I need to say here, you know, just in those times. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. You don't think about that as a, you know, not only, and, and the, the previous person that I was on the podcast is also a gay female minister. And it's interesting that, you know, that's like two strikes okay, in some of yeah. these denominations you're it female is, yeah. and you're gay. So, you know, that's a definitely an uphill battle. And it's interesting how it plays out depending what region you're in. Yes. Um, that, that has a whole lot to do with it, I think, but even mm-hmm. in very progressive places, I mean, there's, there's danger everywhere yeah. and it's, and it's tough. We were actually going to move to Wyoming. Um, and I can't, Laramie is where we were going to move right after graduate school. We were, <laughs> that's where uh-huh. I, I met my now wife and, um, and we were going to move. So we took a trip out to, uh, she had aunts that lived in California yeah, they were together for 40 years, um, never married, um, never, <laughs> they were friends. <laughs> and, uh, and then her, her grandparents were in Washington. So we thought we'd go out to Wyoming and um, on our way to visit them. And we did. And we saw a really pretty tree in Wyoming. And I took a picture of that. And then we never could find because I'm directionally illiterate. And uh, for some reason, we never could f- find the college town of Laramie that we were wanting to to look at. And we came home and the very next week we got the news about Matthew Shepard and we were like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So maybe not Laramie, <laughs> you know? but it's so scary. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's, it's an interesting place. So what is it like to have two ministers in the same family? <laughs> well, my wife is a hospital. Um, she's a, a chaplain educator. Okay. And she works at the large, one of the large hospitals here in, in Denver. And uh, we now, uh, she's, there are three of us that co-pastor this UCC church now. And um, for a variety of reasons, but it's, uh, it's, it's wonderful. And it's also crazy making. <laughs> so, you know, there are times that she'll just, you know, she gets so frustrated with the Methodists and, you know, whatever the latest nonsense that's going on, she's just like, ah, you know, how can it even be like that still, you know? Yeah. And, and yet um, it, it's, it, it also is um, theologically rich mm. and keeps us both learning. I think mm-hmm. um, as a, as an educator, she of course keeps up much better than I do. And then she'll be like, you should read this. And I'll be like, okay. <laughs> um <laughs> books that I would never come across. I don't yeah. quite frankly. So it's, it's really wonderful. Yeah. So, yeah. so coming from a whole line of Methodists in your generation, um, do they fall on the side of supporting the gay side of the conversation or not? Well, I grew up in Boulder, Colorado, and went to the first United Methodist church for, um, well, till I went, went off to college and we had, uh, Everybody thinks of, you know, nowadays, especially that Boulder is this liberal bastion, you know, when I was growing up, we had a, a youth pastor who had the audacity to grow a beard. Oh, yeah. And so he <laughs> he got crossways with the church. Next thing you know, they moved him someplace else. And oh, and, and I, you know, I, I remember that that feeling of being betrayed by the church at, you know, 13, 12, 13, 14 years old. Uh huh. 
and just feeling like, okay, this is wrong. You know, this is wrong what just happened. And, you know, it soured me on the church for a lot of years. Mm -hmm. And I went to, uh, when I was in college, I would go to different churches just because I was searching for, Mm -hmm. you know, that. Um, But I kind of avoided the Methodist churches. Mm -hmm. I just, I didn't, you know, and it really wasn't until I moved up to this small town and I asked my realtor after I'd bought my, you know, picked out the house I wanted. I said, so could you help me out? Is there a good church here? And he goes, oh, you have to go to this. You have to go to the United Methodist Church. That's where he and his wife went. And it, it was a, it was just, I was like, okay, that's what I grew up. I'll, I'll give that a try. And that's where I became friends with the Episcopal pastor. She was priest. Um, you know, just uh, remarkable, remarkable people. Mm. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it was my, my parents were of the generation. My, my father worked in a hospital, so he, he had a lot of lesbian friends. <laughs> um, I always teased him about all the nurses and, um, but he, he was a lot more open about, uh, real, you know, the, the, uh, like, kind of, kind of like, so, you know, kind of, thing. yeah, my mom struggled with it a lot more and we didn't talk about it much. I, mm-hmm. my favorite story is doing, standing there doing dishes and her telling me of her, one of her nursing school friends whose daughter was um she couldn't she couldn't quite figure out she goes you know what are those liaison things I'm like, <laughs> lesbian and she goes yeah yeah let's like me <laughs> but it was that kind of thing you know she I mean she struggled with a lot of she not she didn't really work out outside the home much when we were growing uh-huh. up so uh-huh. but you know Boulder is significantly changed now and is this wonderful liberal area but I think that's even true there you know Mm, so mm -hmm. that there are of course you're going to have some people that um they have bought into the the bible says stuff you know Mm -hmm. my one of my favorite stories though is why I worked with this um this man in in high tech and we had to share this giant cubicle was horrible and um he we just got to be such good friends and he was he would listen he was a Rush Limbaugh guy right he was just like that and he still is one of my really good friends and we laugh about it he said until I knew you I thought I didn't know any gay people mm-hmm. he said well I found out that I know a lot of gay people I just didn't know I knew a lot of gay people uh-huh. and so he's really come around in his social thinking I have him working at the food bank now and you know a lot of things but you know, I just, I, I think that it was, it was a one-on-one connection with him. Uh-huh. They, Look, these people don't have two heads and <laughs> they but, act normal. <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. I, it, I don't I, I struggle to understand it really uh-huh. still. Yeah. Well, you know, for me, I, I didn't grow up in a really big town. I mean, we, it was a very small town and I had a grandfather who was a minister. My uncle was a minister um, you know, the youth minister said that homosexuality was like having sex with animals. And I'm like, Oh, I'm glad I'm not that. <laughs> so that yeah. kept me, I mean, I didn't come out till I was 30. I, I had known my wife now for seven years and we were very close and I was going to hell many times during that seven years. I was sure. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh-huh. And, um, and it was very confusing and very painful. Um, but I never had any language about it other than something really negative and the concrete mm-hmm. black and white words in the Bible. And it's hard to get past that, um, that teaching because we're young and we're impressionable and you're supposed to trust the people who are in charge of you. Yeah. You know? And all my people were saying, Mm-mm, no, <laughs> that's not okay. So it really yeah. makes a difference. I think where, where, what kind of support you have and what kind of language people use around mm-hmm. diversity. And we had no diversity conversations at my house. And, and there there's where I was lucky. Once I got into mm. high tech, it was, you know, the high tech um, companies were on the forefront of the diversity. Mm. You know, we had uh, one of my good friends was the, was our manager of, or uh, worked for the diversity office. I think they were called, I don't know, you know, but they, and uh, I've just never had to, um, I didn't, I didn't even have to worry about it. I was never going to be let go because I was gay. I mean, there are people who probably didn't want to, I know there was for a fact, there was somebody who didn't want to share, have to share a hotel room with me. I'm just like, but yeah, so there were, there were times, but, but that was a gift for me that, mm-hmm. you know, and I was, I worked in a pretty male field. So I had a lot of male friends and just was one of the guys most of the time. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I watched my wife struggle a little more with, um, having people go, Oh, you're gay, you know, kind of <laughs> for, for her. And, um, so she's, she's probably a better educator for people than I am. I'm much more in, in your face. Like, yeah, get over it. Kind of thing. And she's, yeah. She's a lot. Uh, she's a better educator. <laughs> well, I like that you brought up the, the community aspect of it that, that, you know, in a community of businesses or, you know, in, and being one-on-one, like, so um, I didn't mean to say businesses, the community of that one person that you met mm-hmm. and you could have a relationship with that one person and then yeah. open up the whole community to them. That makes much more sense than, you know, when you, when you look at a whole group, you can't find the humanness, yeah. you know? And, and I think that's part of what's dividing us so much today in society is that we're looking at all the groups of people. Okay. This group and this group and how, how diverse that we've gotten in a negative way. It's not a, a, a positive diversity. It's like, now it's like we, we are islands away from each other and yeah. nobody can move or, or have a com- conversation and open that up for somebody else. Cause it's mm-hmm. just so divided. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a challenging, these are challenging times. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, the more I, get exposed to various, uh, to my own level of internalized racism and mm-hmm. that, and the systems that I am, I'm lucky to live in. Right. I, um, that I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I recognize my privilege mm-hmm. and I'm like, uh, yeah. So yeah. we have a long way to go on that. Yeah, we do. We do. And, and as far as people said, say that we've come, um, n- not far yeah. enough. <laughs> Not far. Um, yeah. Back back during the election, um, my neighbor um, flew many flags, none of which I appreciated, <laughs> and it was yeah. very 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 uncomfortable and a little bit scary as as some of those were flags that I, I knew were probably uh, dangerous. Um, and so I was out washing the truck one day, and and he came down and he said, uh, 
so I, I saw your, your sign up there who you're voting for. And I said, yeah. And he said, did you see mine? Do you see who I'm voting for? And I said, yes, I do. And uh, he said, and I can't understand why you don't think he's going to going to do anything bad to you because he loves gay people. And I'm like, excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> and he said, didn't you see the news? And he held up the flag. What more do y'all want? And I said, the truth. <laughs> I said, I can promise you that's not how that's going to go. And um, and it just blew my mind that, you know, he, he was so impressionable. He's a lot, lot younger than me, but um, he was so impressionable. And, you know, it was just painful to see even family members, you know, family members of me, mine. And I would try to communicate how this could play out for your daughter, how this could play out for your sister, but that narrow minded, um, unyielding thought pattern Mm -hmm. was just, there was no way to get past it, even though they knew me, you know? Yeah, indeed. I think it's, it's, you know, we, we live in a conservative part of Denver and mm. um, because we could afford to buy here and um, it's, it, we have that kind of neighborhood also that mm-hmm. uh, it's, I, I'm just like, I'm out here shoveling your walk and yet, and yet you know, yeah. you're going to still talk badly about me. <laughs> So it's, yeah, and you know, I guess we can do it. We could just love them, you know, mm-hmm. that's all. And so it's not always easy. <laughs> that's Mm-mm. for sure. And I, that's my sermon a week from Sunday. It will be about Jesus had this naive idea that all people <laughs> could get along, you know, that we had to love those people. <laughs> Tape that and send it to me. I'd love to <laughs> make sure I get a link to that. <laughs> yeah, but I, I just, I, I know. I know. But see, I think that's why I told somebody that when I was really young, I thought that I would go to the mission field because in my unworthiness, I figured if I was walking the dusty roads to Damascus, I'd surely get to heaven. <laughs> so I was a little, maybe yeah. not called, but just desperate. But, um, but I, I do believe that there is a calling for us to be, we are the mission field, basically that yeah. we are, we are living our authentic self, believing that we can be gay with the God of our understanding. And yet you know, no one else believes that not no one, but there's still a whole group of people, you know, who are going to divide churches over this and who are going to, that they just don't see the truth of that. So, mm-hmm. you know, basically being out and proud and contributing to society is my mission field. <laughs> it's my yeah, daily mission yeah. field. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I'm lucky. I mean, you know, I, I consider myself, it was just, just my life. has just been a gift because, you know, I haven't, most of the time I've not had to really hide who I am. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's perfect, you know, but it's, it's certainly a, um, I, I feel that it's, you know, I can do it. Right. So, mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah. And I, I have pretty tough skin and I'm able to, you know, make, try to bring people around to talk about things. Not always. Yeah. Neighbors across yeah. the street do not talk to me. Nope. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> so oh well too bad for them <laughs> well we we do have some good neighbors here but then there are those that you know like the guy and the guy across the street really loves us that's the fun that's the funny thing about it is that he said he always comes and goes you know i i'm your best advocate he says there's a lot of my friends who really want to hurt you but i won't let them because i told them that if you mess with them you mess with me and they're scared of me so i've got your back and i'm like well i'm i, I think i'm cautiously optimistic about that that's great 
you know, that's goodness, right? Yeah, thank goodness that yeah. I fall on that line. But you know, and and then that thing of yeah, I've got a lot of gay people in my life. I, I got gay friends. Okay, good. I'm proud of you. But you know, I'm glad that <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that we can that we can be in relationship with people and let them see the realness of us because I think that makes mm-hmm. all the difference in the world. And yeah they may never come around to believing out of their own fear. You know, I really believe that some of the diehard homosexual haters really fear that if they agree with us, then they are going to go to hell. And because they were taught that for so long and they swallowed it and, and they don't know how to do anything else with it, you know? Yeah. 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 I think that, I think that sounds valid. You know, I think that's, uh, it's a, it has to be a hard way to live. Mm-hmm. I always, I did this um, one time I had this great box that I got some gift in and it was this wooden box. And I used to use it as a sermon prop because it's kind of like, you know, I'm sure you've probably even seen the cartoon where Jesus is, you know, the line, there's a checkerboard drill guy and Jesus is there with his giant pencil erasing the lines. <laughs> you know, trying. He's like, you know, anytime, anytime you try to box, box love in anytime you try to box jesus in then you know that's just a uh, jesus you'll find jesus on the other side of that line so uh, we can we can walk in love and and try to try to only meet people in that way and it's not always easy sometimes uh-uh. you just want to smack them uh-huh yeah <laughs> I, I i and i said the other day i said well i know that god loves this person um who still wants to be president as much as God loves me. And I really get pissed off when I think about it. Because <laughs> yeah. it just doesn't seem right. <laughs> but yeah, it seems like a waste of God energy. Me, but, yeah. <laughs> but but it's yeah. but that's that shows me how much more I need to grow. Oh, you know, yeah. I don't I clearly don't have it all together, but yet I'm further than I was. So I call that a success story. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, with with all that we've got to deal with today in in society, showing up is courageous. You know, continuing to move forward and to live Mm -hmm. our authentic self is courageous. And I'm proud of all of us who are doing it. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. I I, that's I work with some um, very out uh, non-binary even, but but some that are you know, they're total Queens. And I just love that. And I think it's been those, those people who are willing to push the envelope and to be in people's faces and say, Mm -hmm. here I am, Mm -hmm. you know, and you can take it or leave it, but here I am. Mm -hmm. And I just love them. You know, I work with people, um, you know, we have a trans son and, um, and I see the struggles, right. I, Mm -hmm. and I, and I, my heart hurts and, and he just makes his way so bravely and wonderfully and brilliantly. And yet I just, you know, I, and sometimes Gina goes, you can't do this for him, mm. you know? And I'm like, <laughs> cause I want to go here. I'll call those people. I mean, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's true too, that, that people like your son, um, they're, they are such a gift to our community because if nothing else, when we, when we look at someone that is that courageous to say, Hey, 
I know what y'all said that gay doesn't make uh, gay. God doesn't make junk. And I was created by God, but yet internally something needed to shift and they were brave enough to take that journey and be authentic. The rest of the community needs to stand up and say, Oh, you know, why, why am I uncomfortable with that? Why don't I believe that? Is that person here possibly to teach me to be more compassionate and understanding and empathetic of their journey? Because that's always what Jesus did was to understand where is the person and how to love them where they're at and continue to love them as they become their authentic self. Mm You know? Yep, absolutely. I just, I know we'll get it someday, but yeah, I'm 62. So yeah. y'all, y'all need to hurry. Cause I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'd like to get yeah. I'm like, okay, this is all, it's all gonna, you know, we will progress and, and it, it will be, you know, and mm-hmm. I think that it, uh, we have to just, I'm not an, an intercessional God, a believer in an intercessional God. And yet there's lots of times I'm like, come on, God, make the way, you know, it's just like, and I think that happens. So, yeah, yeah. And all in good time, I'm sure. But, I, you know, this yeah. <laughs> all in good time. My time. <laughs> I would love yeah. it to be my time. Well, I never thought that I would be legally married in my time. So I that know. was that was I a know. surprise. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so I, I'm, I'm like stoked. I'm like, OK, we're on a roll now. Let's keep going. <laughs> I know. I now, remember sitting. <laughs> I sat in my chair and just cried when mm. Barack Obama was even nominated. I know. And then when he won. <laughs> I mean, I was just like, I was in tears, right? And so then, when when gay marriage was was made legal, I I'm just like, you know, this is blowing my mind because I never, I like you, never thought this would never thought. In my life. I was like, when when Barack Obama was um, made president, elected president, I was like, no, no, don't go outside, no, say it, no, yes. <laughs> get on yes, the big I'm screen, like, do not go out there. <laughs> Gosh, that was so I scary. how could you protect him right there yeah it's like this little this little you know plastic screen like they like somebody who really wants to get him is gonna like not be able to move around that thing oh my gosh it it was terrifying and I was (laughs) I was I was concerned at this last election because it was just so ugly and I didn't want any of the people you know the vice president or the president to be out in the open (laughs) like get the pope mobile I want the pope mobile (laughs) I know. I just, that's like that. that yep. Again, we have to have those brave, you know, yep. um, people that'll say here, let me do this. This yep. is a thankless job. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody hates me. Yes. I'll sign up. Yes. yes. Let me <laughs> sign up for that. No matter what I do, it won't be enough. Yeah, right. that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I, I love talking to you. I'm, I'm just so so happy that you came today and I'm wondering that with the kids that you worked with previously and they showed up pretty much on your doorstep and said hey yeah we need this you know what is the thing that um that you would say to them that you wished maybe someone that was really struggling would would need to hear I know that you didn't really need a whole lot of intervention because you, you know, you had some things in support systems, but for those kids that are even scared to walk into the church, you know, for people who just cannot open that door because of their wounds, what's Mm -hmm. one thing that you would want to say to them? What I tend to say to people, um, which I, I get and have invited people and I try to say, let me walk with you. 
through this because that's what helped me. And knowing that, you know, here, let me walk with you through this. Let me be there with you. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, you know, I'm a, um, a big, we need to put on our brave, our put on our brave selves sometimes mm-hmm. and, um, and just, and get in front of people and care and, you know, walk with them. So mm-hmm. it's not easy. And I think, you know, these kids that live in small towns, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm like more power to you. I'm willing to drive, you know, three and a half hours to come and go to your first gay, your pride parade. I'm willing to do all that stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, they, they, they amaze me all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's some of the older people that, you know, of even my generation or that maybe the generation right behind me that were so, are, are so wounded mm-hmm. by the church. And that's some of the, mm-hmm. I was, I, the, some of the, the idea for the project is for me is like letting people, encouraging people, asking people, are you know, for once, I want you to present as your full and whole self mm-hmm. and let's, let's capture that. And, mm-hmm. and I, and I, you know, I, the kids, I, I think it's, you know, find your, find your, your squad, you know, who mm-hmm. can you be with that will hold you and hold you when you, when you can cheer and hold you when you're crying mm-hmm. and, and, you know, so, cause I can't always be there, but find those people that can, you know, mm-hmm. to do that, find your squad. Mm. And I don't know, you know, I, I have friends now that will still won't go to church. They're like, mm-hmm. Nope. You know, mm-hmm. and they'll sometimes listen to, you know, they'll watch online or sign in, um, sign into a zoom church, or I was doing an, an evening meditation. That was thing, you know, letting, allowing people to find the connections mm-hmm. with the divine Mm-hmm. in the ways that that they can connect even if it isn't maybe church buildings are soon to be a thing in the past anyway maybe not mm-hmm. soon but they mm-hmm. will be because we that's just not the model anymore mm-hmm. you know young people don't want to get up on sunday morning and go to a church mm-hmm. and so where can we offer to say you know here come meet me here and let's share this space and, mm-hmm. and let's let's learn to love unconditionally love Mm. each other and and god let you know and let that happen and Mm -hmm. so that's my you know i'm just getting ready to start this up again on ash wednesday Mm. well Uh, and that's that is the jesus movement he was never he never brought people to a building he always walked and met them where they were not to say that i need to walk across the country but um (laughs) because that's not gonna happen but um you know he was all people flocked to him for his teachings Mm -hmm. if we go to places out in the community that's where the people are and my the priest that's at the parish has always said the church is not the building it's the people and how the people minister to other people and uh my wife and i um a couple years ago our our dog was my wife and our dogs were attacked on a morning walk and i was up at the cabin getting ready to do a a women's retreat and um he was gone for three and a half weeks and it was devastating and i'm i'm still we are all still affected by that yeah um but i had just started leaning back into going to church 
and had met this lady that was a dog lover. And the priest had us a dog that she always came to the services and always kind of found me and <laughs> knowing that I was probably the one that was about to run out the back door. <laughs> so, and I was, I'd pet her and stuff. And so when, uh, when Jane found out that uh, I was not coming back and, and that I was, I mean, every day I was on the road, you know, knocking on doors and putting up signs every day for three and a half weeks. And, um, and she came every day and oh, rode wow. with me and put up signs mm-hmm. and walked through mud and, ri- and creeks and freezing weather. And I said to her one day, I said, well, you know, it's Sunday. I think Father Brown, uh, Fa- Father Brown, she's, <laughs> I like that show. Yeah, that's a good show too. <laughs> I said, I think Father Joe would like you to be back in church. And she said, Father Joe knows that the church is the building and that this is the work to support each other and be there and minister to each other. And, mm-hmm. and I said, and at that time I was still, you know, reeling and I'm like, well, you might hear me cuss God. And she said, okay. Really. <laughs> Go ahead. Yep. Yep. I, early on in my ministry, I, I had a conversation with someone who had, um, was pissed at God. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying, that's okay. You know, God is like going, yeah, I get that. I get yeah. that. You know, I'm right yeah. there with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right I'm, there with I'm, you. Pissed. I'm, pissed. I'm pissed as hell. Right. So, um, <laughs> And I yeah. think that's what we have to do. We yeah. have to say, yeah, all of that's all valid. Absolutely. Yeah. All valid. And your feelings are valid. And, and there are some things that are just hard, Yeah, you know, and that's, yeah. um, you know, we just got to yeah. be there for each other and lift each other up in the moment. We do. This has been so delightful. Thank you so much for saying yes. Thank you so oh, yes, much. Absolutely. Yes. So where can people find you? I'll be putting your links on the show page, but where can people find you? Um, I think uh, Facebook's probably the best. Facebook Messenger, okay. send me a message. Um, certainly that. Um, you can drop into my my photography page, langfeltphotography.com. Um, or I'm on Twitter as Pasterical. Because <laughs> um, I used to think I was funny. And the, the but, but yeah, so reach out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, let's be, let's, let's connect. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for honoring us with your faith journey you story. You I appreciate it so much. And I want to thank my listeners for coming back each week, supporting, sharing, and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to see more information and links to connect with Sharon, you can go to the Gay with God show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com. If you are questioning whether you can be gay, and be in relationship with the God of your understanding. If you are authentically gay, God has always been with you. Even when you didn't know it, you have always been gay with God. Thank you, everybody. See you next week. Stay tuned to hear how you can join the Gay With God community and check out the Facebook group, Gay With God. And if you need a little coaching support to get you through your coming out faith journey story, go to the show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com and scroll down all the way to the bottom and see how you can connect with me. Y'all have a good week and I'll see you next week. I want to invite you to become a part of the Gay With God community. How can you do that? Stay connected by messaging me your thoughts and comments in the comment section under the downloads of the show on the Gay With God show page. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and share, share, share so we can increase our community outreach and be a light to those who are struggling to claim their faith. Consider being a sponsor so I can highlight your service in our community. 
We are all worthy of respect and a relationship with the God of our understanding. I want to thank you in advance for supporting this podcast. Together, we as a community will keep this show visible and our community stronger. Deep gratitude to my friend Tim McClendon of Tim McClendon Music for allowing me to use an excerpt from Interlude 4, a song found on his CD entitled Sundance.